Hi, I'm Mark Kent. And I'm Jacob Pusey. And you're listening to the Art and Science of Running podcast. If you climb the sea. Okay, and uh, welcome back to uh, the Art and Science of Running podcast with uh, myself, Mount Kent, and uh, uh, on the other side of the pond now, on the other side of the water, uh, Jacob Pusey. And um, well, things have changed a lot in uh, in the world of running, but in 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 the world, and um, probably uh, the most sudden and abrupt change I can re- recall or remember on a global scale in my lifetime. So, um, and, uh, and then just to sort of follow on from, uh, the previous podcast that myself and Jacob did, which would have been episode 18 now, I believe. Um, then of course we've actually separated to two, two different continents and two different locations, um, as well, just to add that into the mix. So yeah, Jacob, how are you doing? I, I'm, I guess I'm doing as well as can be expected given the circumstances. Um, things, like you said, are uh, somber, sobering, um, humbling, and uh, limiting <laughs> in a lot of ways. But, um, but I'm, I'm really trying to stay positive and trying to look for opportunities to grow and to learn and to help and serve. Um, and and also looking for opportunities to connect with family and friends, and so I, I'm uh, trying to see the silver lining and and uh, <laughs> focus on the good that could that is and, and might come out of this. So. Yeah, and I think um, I guess we can I can say just like kicking off here, um, it puts into perspective sport and major sporting events and and running all that kind of stuff um, that we do get uh, sometimes sort of hyper-focused on or um, a lot of things kind of revolve around and um, the events of the last two, three weeks have really, I think, yeah, put that into a perspective of the bigger things in life and um, uh, and so today we'll go, th- we'll dive into what this really means in in, um, in terms of running and, and hopefully um, offer something of value in, in our conversation to runners that are listening to this and and their situation has entirely changed obviously in their lives um but we'll also be kind of cognizant as we talk that that this this now this our topic that we talk so much about that we've had all these episodes on now sits within um the framework of something much bigger so um so we'll try and uh, try and sort of like keep keep ourselves aware of that as we talk but um you know as we were just chatting before starting this podcast that there's there's a huge amount to get through, a huge amount to talk about, and um, I guess we'll start with uh, with first the fact that we've kind of moved to, to do two different locations, um, and uh, and so the last time that we we did our podcast, which must have been about I guess uh, wow, four weeks, 
four or maybe four and a half weeks ago now. Um, and we were sat in uh, in your basement in Canmore and, um, uh, you know, doing a face-to-face podcast. And uh, since then, yeah, we've, we've separated into two locations. And uh, so now I sit uh, in the UK and uh, our podcast has organically become international uh, because of that. And uh, um, and it, obviously uh, the perspective for me was like, okay, um, try and bring, um, you know, some, some of what's happening in Europe in the, in the world of running uh, to the podcast and, um, and, and just sort of kind of expand our viewpoint and hopefully some of the guests that we have on in the future. Um, and, uh, and so that's kind of the first thing I bring up with people listening is, yeah, so now we're in two different locations. So it's, <laughs> it's going to be kind of novel um, uh, for us now going through the next episodes um, from separate locations. So like my time right now, I'm in the evening, whereas your time, you're just after, after lunchtime, right? Yeah, just um, it's almost 2 p.m. here, so just after lunch. Yeah, yeah. And um, and so obviously, you know, world events are what they are. Um, uh, I had this grand plan, which was going to be <laughs> this list of people that I was going to uh, have onto the podcast. And um, and, and that's not going to happen. Well, not quite yet. Um, I think when things settle down a little bit, then um, then obviously with the power of uh, of remote podcasting, we can do that. But um, uh, yeah, so there's there's this scope in the future. That the, that this, the podcast will grow and, and become something something even bigger but um clearly at the moment we've kind of been um <laughs> swamped <laughs> by uh by world events so um uh hey i'm gonna start with you and ask you like um in the last three weeks like how more as much on a life level as a running level like how things have developed and evolved and um changed for you uh, I would say, like like you did, that this has probably been the the most sudden and abrupt change um, to the world as we know it that, that I've ever experienced. Um, I was down. So so a number of things have changed since we last spoke. <laughs> I mean, we we talked about you being at the London Marathon in April and <laughs> and things like that, and that was only a month ago when we were talking about. The, the big showdown between Bekele and um, Kipchoge and, and things like that. And, and so my, how things have changed in, in just that amount of time. Um, I, shortly after we spoke, um, I went down to, to the U.S., down to Flagstaff to visit family, um, to, to be there for um, what was supposed to be a, a little over a week. And... Um, and I try not to be very public about this because it's something I'm ashamed of um, and it's not what I hoped it would be. Um, but I, I was down there visiting some of my kids and um, it was supposed to be their spring break. And I went early so that I could visit with their teachers. And, um, and then shortly after arriving, there started to be messages saying that if anyone that was out of the country needed to return home, that airports were going to start shutting down, that commercial flights were going to be canceled, that borders were going to be closing, borders began closing around the world, um, access to the U.S. and Canada from other countries, um, including countries that they said they weren't going to shut access to, started shutting down. And so uh, I had to make the very difficult decision to 
cut the already limited time that I have with my kids um, who attend school in Flagstaff where their mother resides. Um, and then they're with me anytime they're not in school. And so um, I had to cut that very limited time short to change a flight. Um, it, everything was already overbooked. And um, so it's not like I could get on there and cancel one flight and use a credit for another. It was like basically all the government officials were saying, get your asses home. Because <laughs> if you don't ASAP, eventually things are going to change so much that you're, it's going to be beyond our control. Kind of like what happened to Patsy, who we had on the last show. Um, like I, I understand the need for government intervention and, and the need to, for people to be home and to be uh, heard and seen. And, uh, and yet at the same time, like the, the message that I received at least was like, do it now uh, on your own volition. Otherwise, like our hands will be tied <laughs> or at least don't, don't put us in that position. I don't, Patsy didn't get that kind of warning. Um, so I, I'm not blaming her or the other people that find themselves where they are. Um, but I had that opportunity and I, I returned home. And then um, uh, Sunday, a time when I still could have been there with my kids. So just, just a few days ago, uh, my son was climbing and fell and um, fractured his tibia and fibula and his wrist and... Um, and now has a hernia and he's had surgeries and he's um he was evacuated with an ambulance and um uh transported a good distance from where he was um he was with his mother at the time and uh i get a phone call from my daughter saying hey daddy sorry Cairo's not here and uh, my son um he's at the hospital and then i it's like radio silence for, for like 14 hours and um wow and i can't be there with one um i i that's considered non-essential travel so i'm stuck in another country that is my home uh with my family with my wife and my kids uh but my my two kids are also over there and i can't be there and even if i were able to cross the border i wouldn't be allowed in the hospital because there are limitations um on the number of people that can be there because of coronavirus so his mom is now the one person that can go in and out um, and see him. And, and apparently it's like an hour check each time she chooses to go in and out just because of that. Um, so, um, so yeah, it sucks. <laughs> um, it, it's why, um, it's why people have been encouraged to shelter in place. It's why, um, outdoors people like ourselves have discouraged other outdoors people from going out and doing stupid stuff that's going to um, challenge the healthcare system, uh, which is already, you know, at maximum capacity. Uh, I, I spoke with one of our coaches uh, and one of the athletes that we work with, uh, Manuela Villaseca, and she said in Spain, basically people have been said, hey, <laughs> if you are in an accident of any kind and you show up at the hospital, you will not be served. Like you will, you will not be treated because you are not supposed to be out of your houses and we don't have the capacity to handle anyone other than the already excessive demand that is on the um, system right now. So um, I'm really grateful that my son is able to be treated. Um, but I, I'm really hopeful that um, those types of accidents don't continue because I know that there's already um, a lot of demand on the system in a lot of different places. 
Yeah, yeah. Wow. wow. That is uh <laughs> that is <laughs> some uh some two week or week period that is. Um geez. Uh yeah, sorry to hear that, man. That's um that's a tough game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to get emotional and sorry to get personal and um and yeah, that's my dirty laundry. I uh <laughs> I have not been successful at marriage or at parenting, um, and I feel even shittier about it because of the current situation. So it's yeah. a bad place. It's uh it is difficult. Uh, I think um I think it does raise the issue that there's a lot of kind of head games that can happen right now. Like um a lot of yeah, you know, a lot of like kind of mental um sort of mazes you can get into. <laughs> um for all different reasons and all different um, um, triggers and things like that. It's um, and, and, and my, my sort of comment on that, that I'll leave it with is just like, yeah, so important just to look after your mental health um, and, um, and do whatever you have to every day, right. To, uh, to uh, deal with what you've, you've got to deal with and, um, and, and just keep it, keep it a lid on or keep a check on your mental health as you go. Cause um, yeah, everyone's going to be facing all these challenges <laughs> that they've not had to face before, and um, and it's just so easy to uh, to let it get on top of you, or um, to let one thing kind of chain reaction into another, and things like that. Like, um, uh, yeah, it's man. <laughs> that one thing about today's conversation is we don't have any, <laughs> we don't have answers as such. <laughs> yeah, oh, we're just we're just talking through it. Um... How about you? I know it's been a whirlwind for you. you. Like we said the last time uh, we talked, you were you were going to leave the Bow Valley. You were going to leave Alberta. You were going to return to the UK um, to be yeah. closer to family and for work opportunities. How was that going? Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, given, I mean, it, that's already a difficult thing to do. Um, but, but then, given the complexity of the situation, yeah, let us know how you're. Yeah, it's. Uh... Yeah, it's definitely been interesting. Uh, it's been a roller coaster, I'd say. Um, uh, absolutely no real plan because things have just have just been changing by the day. So um, yeah, we we what was it now? I mean, I guess it was like almost four weeks ago, three and a half weeks ago that we that we moved and um, and, and and shifted our our whole life as a family of three to the UK, and um, uh, that was cool because you can kind of like wrap that with a bow tie and say that's an adventure and we're going to go on an adventure that's cool and um, uh so initially you kind of like roll with the punches and say okay we've 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 stayed in like five different houses in, in one week and okay that's cool because we're, we're going to settle down here <laughs> and it, it, this is all going to settle and um and then i've i've sort of uh in parallel with you know obviously my running work i also now um have taken on this role of of looking after quite a large group of uh, professional scientists as well, like during the day. And, um, and then that sort of been flipped on its head, obviously, because now, now it's kind of the chaos of, um, you know, how do we keep all these guys working? Um, uh, but they're all now at home and they're, and they're now spread out. So, um, so yeah, there's been sort of like, it's just a sort of spinning plates analogy, really. You just, yeah, you've got maybe like these six spinning plates and, and uh, you're just trying to keep them, keep them on, <laughs> keep them spinning, so none of them drop off. And uh, yeah, and so there's just uh, some funny things that you just never would have foreseen, and um, um, it really tests your ability to to flex and adapt um, 
on, in quite a short time scale. So um, not having a preset or predetermined um, path or or vision of the future has become <laughs> it's sort of become our reality, I guess nowadays. And um, so, for instance, right now we still we should actually have started to live in a in a permanent house, but we <laughs> but we're not. We're still in a in a temporary place that we get kicked out of in two days' time, and then um, and then we're not sure if we can go to the next place. Um, obviously, the situation here in the UK is not too dissimilar to other um, countries. So. Um, um, quite severe restriction on what you can do and you basically you cannot leave the house unless there's a, a really good reason why so um, uh, and a lot of and most services and business businesses have shut down um, so um, so yeah lots of like logistical challenges uh, you know if you're going to move a hat <laughs> you're going to move into a house uh, how do we do that um, if we want to move like bags and bags of stuff how do we do that um, uh, if you've got a shipping container coming from Canada, who's going to deal with that? <laughs> and uh, wow. all that kind of stuff, you know. So, um, and then obviously on top of that, uh, yeah, you got like um, you got no furniture, and then uh, you, you're looking to do the grocery shopping, and of course there's there's only half the stuff in the grocery store, and all that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, it's definitely. Uh, uh, I think if you are like super adaptable, of course, then um, you can kind of roll with it. You know, um, and and I feel more uh, uh, sort of you know maybe sympathetic is the word toward people who aren't naturally in their personality very adaptable because they're really going to find it hard at these times where things are just changing by the day or by the week. So um, yeah, uh, but yeah, if you've got the basics right, you got a you got a roof and you've got uh, you got some food and um, and then if you've got an internet connection, you're doing all right as well. So <laughs> yeah, there's always there's just always someone out there with a way worse situation than you're in. So it's like okay, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I was uh, I was really pleased when I found uh, uh, it. This made me think of you actually. I, I found a shepherd's pie in in our freezer, and um, it, one of the things that uh, about traveling internationally uh, is that I'm supposed to be um, not self-quarantining, but self-isolating for 14 days. I'm supposed to watch for symptoms, and then I'm not supposed to go out into public places, which isn't usually all that hard for me, or at least I didn't think it was that hard for me. It's like I'm kind of a recluse. I run by myself, and I interact with my family, and sometimes Malcolm and I get together, or Malcolm and Eric and I get together, but half the time that's remotely anyway. Uh, so it wasn't. I didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal, but even not being able to go to the grocery store for, for a family is large as ours for 14 days that's a pretty hard thing to do um and so to depend on other people to go grocery shopping for you is is also challenging um especially because those we have that can are uh getting up there in age so i personally feel like the, the likelihood of me contracting something um is probably less or at least in, in negatively impacting my health is less than if we send um our parents or uh, in-laws in uh, to go buy things for us so it's a it's a tough thing. So anyway, I haven't gone to the grocery store in ten days or so, and um, I found a shepherd's pie, and and that normally I wouldn't have thought much about it, but I was like <laughs> so happy that something that tasted like it didn't come from a can uh, was uh, was available. So I had, a, and I'll probably have it for dinner tonight as well, or, or we will have it for dinner tonight. So um, yeah, 
Yeah. And I mean, that's one of the things, right, is, um, you know, we talk a lot about sort of picking the holes in um, in how in how runners can improve and, um, and things like uh, diet, nutrition, that kind of stuff. But of course, the, you know, the truth is now like it's um, you've got to do what you've got to do. And um, uh, and just uh, just having food, getting calories um, with an imperfect diet is like, cool. That's like <laughs> just that's what you got to do. Right. So, um, yeah. Yeah. But um I mean, I, I, I sort of dive in a little bit here. Um, it's been really interesting. Uh, so I've moved to a place which, um, which is, as I mentioned before in, a pre, in our previous podcast, uh, would normally be sort of a trail running centre for the UK. And um, uh, so we, we have not big mountains, but we have um, quite sort of green rolling mountains and um, a lot of really good kind of single track type trail around that kind of stuff. And, um, and no bears or animals like that. So you can just go run on your own. doesn't matter. You don't need bear spray. <laughs> and um, um, and so... Uh, think about it. You're in the boat <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah. And so the first week of being here, I was like, oh, wow, all these trails and, um, you know, uh, and coming up with plans and things like that and, um, and looking for running groups that I can help, that kind of stuff. Um and it's been really interesting to see how that has, how that's developed and how that's changed in the last week or two. And um, of course, you know, protecting mental health has become a massive thing. So the the ruling right now with the government, as we talk today, is that you are allowed to go out and do one form of exercise in the day, and that's it. So you you, you kind of like it's like um, it's like being in prison where you're sort of allowed to go run around in the in in the yard, <laughs> walk around the yard on a sort of like a prison break or whatever. Um, and so it's been really interesting seeing what's going on there, and um, and yeah, and so I've just I've seen way more runners. So um, uh, you know, people clearly are like absolutely limited by by their options. They maybe don't have any kind of home gym. Um, I mean, gyms here got shut down probably about ten days ago, and um, and so uh, it's been really interesting to see because we've got good weather. And of course, everyone's just like thinking, right, well, I can go run. It doesn't matter if, I mean, like two weeks ago, they weren't a runner. <laughs> and then yeah. they're like, right, I've got to do some exercise. And uh, what are my options? Well, uh, options are walking, uh, riding a bike or running. And um, and walking just probably doesn't get enough heart rate. So, uh, uh, and then they may or may not want to get on a bike. And so a lot of people are flocking to running now uh, just in the last week as their as their go-to mode of exercise for for what they're allowed to leave the house to do and um uh and of course it's all individuals you know everyone's running on their own so that's interesting as well and um so it's been really interesting really like from a curiosity point of view it's been um yeah it's been intriguing to watch like this develop over the last <laughs> three weeks here and um uh, yeah like a, a lot of people out running now uh yeah i don't know if you've seen the same in um in, in the bow valley yeah actually we um i i have seen the same and I, I there was also an article in the new york times about that just that uh it because it is so accessible and it's essentially free and and even outside of the bow valley um again i haven't been traveling extensively but um there are some essential things that we had to occur 
we actually sold our house um, <laughs> since we last spoke. Um, yeah, and uh, and so we are in need of finding a new house. <laughs> um, and um, so uh, we've been looking, and um, some of the areas that we've been looking, like I, this sounds really awful, but uh, you can generally tell when someone is running, but that's not a regular activity for them to do. And I'm not talking just weight or I'm talking just the efficiency of movement uh, when it seems very unnatural and forced. Um, that's more your specialty than mine, but I, I've been around the sport enough to know when when people are uh, are new to running. And I, it, it actually scares me. Like that, that was one of the things that it was a discussion that Amy and I had. It was like, it's, it's so good because it's good for people's mental health. It's good for their physical health. And then I said, you know, I'm actually kind of worried because this could overwhelm the healthcare system here, uh, or, and, and abroad, like anywhere where people are increasing their amount of physical activity. In most cases, that would be a good thing. But just looking at the footwear that some of the people were wearing, it was just like, ah, man, those aren't running shoes and those aren't going to provide any type of even protection or support or cushion. And I, I suspect a, <laughs> all the doctors who aren't working right now uh, in, that aren't in emergency type situations, like all the podiatrists are going to have, you know, lots of plantar fasciitis uh, and, and physios are going to have lots of plantar fasciitis to deal with lots of IT band syndrome and patellar tenitis and, um, you know, SI joint issues because, a lot of these people just don't have that foundation uh, mm. that the runners need to do a better job of, of working on. But the, the at least the people, it, I, I'm terrible. Like I can't watch a movie without pointing out people's really poor running form. <laughs> and so, so rather than me getting excited about all these people running, like I, I, I have this uh, critical eye, unfortunately. And so in this aspect, it, 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 it actually frightens me because I'm, I'm worried that people are going to get hurt but not be able to get the help that they need, which will then make them even more frustrated because then they're stuck at home, injured, and can't get outside and just enjoy some fresh air. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's uh, it is interesting to to see how this plays out because um, yeah, definitely you know we're, we're seeing more and more people sort of leave the house and get their uh, uh, get their running whether they whether they were runners recently or not runners. And um, and then of course there's a the whole online thing, you know, the whole kind of like at home, internet, whatever um, thing as well, which was sort of creeping up on us over the last year. But now it's like pretty much got its time <laughs> in the sun because um, yeah, for people that can afford to do it, that have that are lucky enough to have things like indoor treadmills, um, uh, yeah, be able to sign up to. Um, uh, virtual type systems like that, um, you know, it's, it's absolutely uh, sort of center stage right now. Um, and um, I can imagine that the companies almost can't can't produce and pump out material fast enough. <laughs> um, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. right now, uh, yeah, I, I wish that I had bought stock. I, I wish I had had the insider training and information that some of the senators are being accused of having um, when they knew what was happening and they sold off <laughs> millions of dollars of some stock and then bought up millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars of uh, telecommunication stock. And yeah, the, the people that the athletes that we work with uh, who work in that industry, they're, they're swamped right now because everyone's working remotely. Teachers are 
educating remotely, you and I are communicating <laughs> remotely. Uh, that and and so if if there's something good that might come out of this, it it might be that you know these um, these streaming systems and this these ways of video conferencing and um, doing this uh, through the internet, uh, we might find it we might find the efficiencies and increased capacity and things like that. So that's, that's a positive thing. And, and it might actually in, increase the digital literacy of not just students who are doing remote learning, but even the teachers who don't know how to use those tools probably as well as some of the students and yeah. then hopefully some parents as well. So that's, that's one of the, the boons I guess I'm seeing is that this could actually connect the world a little bit better. Yeah. And it's really interesting, you know, various sort of, um, commentators around the world in, in different um in different niches have have been saying the same sort of thing you know maybe this is the time now that a lot of things kind of get kick-started you know they get they get that kind of um catalyst that boost um from from being sort of not entirely mainstream popular to to being something much more popular and and of course i'm thinking of things specifically like like uh, for example zwift and things like that um mm -hmm. It's going to be really interesting. You know, there was kind of for years. If I can, I can say for sure for the last five years, the concept of having online physiotherapists um, who are entirely remote has been sort of simmering, kind of a low level, um, but not taken massively seriously. And um, you know, they're they're an example there of a niche where, you know, if you're if you've been already set up as a as a remote online um, sort of medical service like that, a clinical service, then you're kind of ahead of the curve. And there's no question that that those kind of systems just through pure demand are now going to develop that much faster. And um, um, yeah, so it's going to be, <laughs> it's it's definitely going to be an interesting time that as people have been saying, you know, like post uh, coronavirus is just going to, is going to be a different setup to, to pre and, there's going to be these things that are developed that we don't sort of most likely we don't go backwards from. Um, so, yeah. And but yeah, you, you mentioned that, I, I mean, even in the workplace, I, I know a lot of people, at least they, I, I would assume you hear it sometimes as well, but I hear all the time, Oh, it must be nice to work from home or must be nice to not have to do the commute. And, and, and it's true. There are a lot of pros to, to not having a, a designated office space that I have to, uh, rent or lease or uh, there are some cons to that as well but but yes it is nice that i have that uh, ability to work usually anywhere in the world as long as i can have a wi-fi um, connection that being said i i, I know that the, the goal of a lot of people is hey you know and, and it was one of my goals when i even when i talked it, it just frustrated me when i was required to be um at a specific place like on a say a teacher work day but i already had all my grades like in and I, my classroom was clean and it was just kind of like I could do or, or even just the doing the grading I felt like I, I had people come in and visit me during that time because they were bored and it was like why am I getting paid to do this here why can't I just say I will do all my grading and put it all into this online platform and that just that that wasn't the model um, and there are books like the four hour work week and other books like that not claiming that I work four hours a week <laughs> I much more than four hours a day, but uh, but that's one of the goals is try and figure out how to convince your employer if you're employed and not self-employed that you that you can do your work from 
from elsewhere. That, that yeah. In fact, you might be more productive elsewhere. And that, that has been a really hard shift in a lot of domains. Um, some people, some, uh, some spheres have been more willing to try it, even if it's one day a week or half a day or things like that. Um, but I, I think, I think industry will again, find more efficiencies. Uh, hopefully it doesn't lead to losses of jobs, but hopefully it, it leads to greater autonomy and greater flexibility with work schedules. And, and we can break out of this just traditional 40 hour work week, because we all know that a 40 hour work week is a 60 hour work week. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, hopefully there's a way that that can become an option for more people, even if it's not on a daily basis, but just that, that yeah, employers and can can become more proficient at doing it, um, yeah, and, and and see the value in it, um, and and find value in it. Yeah, I mean, for um for folks listening, um, I mean, some of the stuff you know, people might be listening now and saying, okay, well, what, are, what you know, tell me, tell me about some options uh, that can help me out. And um, I mean, uh, obviously, most runners would have had to have been sort of living in a cave if they haven't heard about systems like, for example, Zwift. Um, where it is possible, you know, you can you can have it, you know, on a computer or on a tablet in front of you and um, and run on the treadmill and um, uh, and and then sort of follow on with stuff. Then, of course, there's the virtual races. I think the virtual races are going to clearly expand and, and become a much much bigger thing as we go forward in the next few few months. Um, and then uh, and then, of course, there's the embedded systems in the uh, or with the treadmills. So we talked way 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 back in one of our early episodes about um ifit and um and the integration into uh for example nordic track um and then your brother of course is the is the sort of <laughs> the, the, the poster guy for ifit <laughs> um yeah, yeah yeah we chatted with both Mac and and tommy who both uh do are, are trainers for ifit um and they they follow them around they uh, yeah, film crews follow them around to different places, and they they teach and and train, and, and yeah, they're and they're integrated into the the Nordic Track and Proform some of their systems. I, I think you can still buy the app, kind of like Zwift, and use it elsewhere, but it it may it's not as integrated where it may not move with the altitude and things like that. You know, resistance. Yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good to know because I guess some people will be like, "Oh, I don't. If I don't have an audit track, can I still do it?" But it sounds like, yeah, they could still potentially download an app to a tablet and and still have that some of that functionality to some extent. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then for the people that are running outside, um, you know, obviously, it then it comes down really potentially to sort of wearable technologies and um, uh, you know uh, whether it's Garmin or whether it's Sinto, whether it's like Stride or stuff like that. Um, and then, um, and then think, and then systems like Strava, of course, um, I think Strava's, <laughs> if they're not already kind of red hot and just like over, <laughs> overworked right now, they're going to be pretty soon. I, I, I should imagine they are by now. I mean, um, one of the big things is, you know, people obviously craving connection and, um, not being able to go and run with their local running club or group or whatever. Um, so that next best thing is going to be Strava, of course. So, um, you know, if if people listening are not already using Strava, then um, then it's, then it's or are not signed up to it, then it's worth checking it out because that that uh, just logically is is the obvious sort of way for people to as a community like um, 
stay connected and share what they're doing with their running and what have you. So, um, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I would imagine for a lot of people, this idea of just going running on your own all the time is going to is going to is going to be a novelty and it's going to wear off like within a few weeks. Um, but um, yeah, so hopefully those hopefully that's like a few um, a few names or a few ideas there of, of things that people might want to go uh, go and explore and um, and check out. Um, otherwise, yeah. it will it will kind of feel like a very very stretched out solo mission which might um which might suit certain personalities but <laughs> i would imagine that the majority will get pretty tired of that <laughs> i would think <laughs> yeah um that you definitely hit it on the head and, and and i think it can be um a challenge because there are different restrictions or or recommendations uh, depending on where we find ourselves uh you know you're in the uk I mentioned some of the athletes that we work with that are in Catalonia or in Spain. Um, we chatted with Patsy, who's in Peru. Um, I'm in Canada. I'm in Alberta. And, and the restrictions even within Alberta and or the different provinces in Canada are different than some of the states throughout the United States. So so in all cases, um, make sure that you're, you're up to – you're current with whatever limitations are placed on you um, by – your public health officials and your just the governing bodies and, and whatever um, those enforcement agencies might be um, as well. Uh, there are, there are restrictions about gathering basically with anyone outside of those with whom you live um, and uh, in, in most places. And, but at the same time, shelter in place in some places doesn't necessarily mean that you can't leave the house. And like you said, there are recommendations to still get out and exercise in, in a lot of places. It's just don't congregate, try and keep your distance. Uh, usually like most people are saying um, two meters or six to 10 feet. Um, so th- just, just be sure that you know what the restrictions are. And then I would say, try and be understanding um, that there is a lot of information out there. So someone may not have read the exact same thing that you read or the same article that you read. So try and be nice. Like I've seen some pretty rude people on both ends, like either really militant trying to follow the rules and also really mm, kind of in your face and belligerent as not following the rules. And and I would just say, um, and, and that's just been out on trails, like uh, everyone trying to be out in fresh air, <laughs> get get the good vibes and stuff like that. And, and some of the negative energy that I've seen just about, like you said, there are more people out in trails now. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> than we're even on even on what would be otherwise fairly uh, yeah and I trails think, yeah, and even uh you know even from from this long distance away um yeah <laughs> i mean i think that's something that's really blown up and and people listening to this will probably be like able to relate to is um is it definitely in the last week <laughs> popular destinations popular spots that people assume are away from the towns away from the city so that's all cool have um have by have by by description apparently have been sort of overrun with people all thinking the same thing and yeah. um, <laughs> and, and then uh, potentially uh, completely counteracting what was basically the intended purpose <laughs> so um 
Yeah, that's definitely been a thing. I think that's been sort of in a lot of places around the world where um, <laughs> where people people have basically inadvertently ended up gathering on mass in the same in the same rural location. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is uh, which has not gone unnoticed by um, by the sort of uh, by the online police, if you like. So um, yeah, yeah. Which um, which I guess kind of leads us on to the onto the retreat um that we had planned um which which was going to be all about running in a nice rural location on these fine trails um but i know you've got some you've got some news on that well yeah um as with with a number of other events that have that have been cancelled uh like the boston marathon like the london marathon um which are scheduled for april um, and, and pretty much everything that was scheduled for March, um, except for, you know, there've been a few rare exceptions of events that maybe the, the number of participants was below a, a particular threshold or there was enough distance, um, that they, or they were able to stagger the starts enough that, that for whatever reason, um, they were able to do that. For example, the 50 mile um, trail running championships in the in the United States uh, that still went off, and our uh, one of our previous guests, Max King, um, placed second overall in that as the first his first race as a Masters. So congratulations to Max. But I hey. think that was kind of like the last uh, the last race that I'm aware of at at, a, at any high level that kind of got right in under the radar because shortly thereafter. Um, that area and the entire state of California was put in a shelter in place, um, restriction kind of an indefinitely or until, until it's not, they're not, um, at least for a couple of weeks. And, um, so that being the case, um, we're, we're in a difficult situation, um, with the retreat because our retreat is scheduled for April 30th to May 3rd. The number of participants, will likely be below most thresholds that are still allowing some gatherings or, or by then might be allowing gatherings. But one of the challenges is that some of the trails and many of the trails, at least for group settings, uh, may be potentially closed. Uh, there are a lot of unknowns. And so uh, we're in a tough position to, to decide whether we should postpone the retreat, whether we should try and, uh, offer it remotely to those who have signed up and also to potentially more who maybe couldn't, um, invest the time or the money to, to travel to this area, um, to do the retreat. Um, but now through some of these virtual means that we've discussed, um, might be able to participate. Um, but it's a, it's never an easy decision. I mean, in, in your case, you're, you're more than likely going to be stuck in the UK and, and there probably won't be a travel ban lifted for you to return anyway. And so at the very least, even if we were allowed to meet in Alberta, you might still need to <laughs> um, meet with us mm -hmm. uh, remotely. Anyway, uh, the advantage of what you do is that uh, in addition to the presentations that you were going to make, that would probably still be fine. Um, and the, the analyses that you, are going to perform can be done remotely anyway. And so the, the, the beauty of the technologies and the advancements that we have is that uh, many of the services that we provide can be done remotely. Uh, we recognize that 
you know, part of the value of the retreat is, is in the discussion that happens, you know, in the formal discussions, but also in the, in the, on the run discussions or over, over a meal discussions. Um, and so it's hard to replicate that. Um, but you know, we're still, we're still in that position where it's, do we try and pick another date in the fall? It, a time which is already saturated you know do we do we try and compete with boston and london which have already been rescheduled to be in between um chicago and new the new york city marathons um do we um do we move it all the way to another year um or again do we look for remote options um and so we we want to we want to make it we want to make sure that our participants get the value that they that they paid for, that they deserve, that they're expecting, and yet at the same time, we want to make sure that they're safe, that we're all safe, um, that we're doing our part to minimize um, the spread of this disease, uh, so that we're flattening the curve, so to speak. Um, so, to be honest, we're still we're still deliberating <laughs> about what our options are we're trying to find the best options before we make an official public announcement but um uh one of the things that we are looking at and considering is just what other people that are in our position have done or are doing um and again that's a um the the race director for the calgary marathon uh her name is kristen fleming and they not only put on the calgary marathon but like many major city marathons they put on other races throughout the year that that kind of funnel into that main event um and and increase community involvement and activity she wrote a letter um just kind of trying to describe what what goes into putting on a race and especially at that scale that it's not just her full-time job but it's it's also a number it's like a team of people's full-time jobs yeah it's a it's not a just a a local um volunteer committee but you know i i coach a lady who is one of several (laughs) volunteer coordinators for the new york roadrunners that's her full-time job those are volunteer coordinators you know so if it's if it's your local 5k or even if it's at the scale of what um, amy does with five peaks which is nationwide our volunteer coordinators are just that they're volunteer coordinators you know they it's a couple weekends a month maybe a few hours a week i'm not trying to diminish what they do but when you're talking a major city marathon it's a full-time job year round (laughs) 52 weeks out of the year 27 and so some people wonder what happens if something's deferred or if it's changed or like it's not a decision that could be made lightly because um, in some cases it's it's basically doubling the amount of work for that one employee or that team of employees and two it uh, it, it still may not even be feasible. Like in, in our case, we may not be able to secure the venue <laughs> anytime in the next year that works all of our schedules. Um, it, I, I know some people with the new dates for Boston, they are saying, well, that's during elk season. You know, I, I train for Boston in the fall or in the spring so that I'm fit and can go and, you know, feed my family in the, in the fall. Um, and, and so, the, so I'm not going to be able to make it to Boston or things like that. And so there, there, there will always be conflicts and it's, it's really tough to, um, please everyone. Uh, Gary Robbins, uh, a popular, a really good race director in Canada. He and his team, uh, canceled and postponed, uh, canceled pretty much the entire race series that they do just because of all the unknowns. And they knew that if, if they did invest 
into the, the races that are that they have going forward in through September hmm. or in through August, they stand to lose more than they stand to gain if they have to cancel all those races. And so they said, you know what, there are too many tens of thousands of dollars of bills coming up that we're going to try and cut our losses. We're going to lose money this year, but we're going to hopefully not totally go under. Um, that's one. Um, some people, uh, and this isn't to throw the New York marathon under the bus a few years ago, they had to cancel the race at the last minute and they didn't refund anyone. They, they gave them entry in the following year. That was a big scandal, but what a, lot, what a lot of people don't realize is that most most race entries or event entries, when you sign up, you agree to a no refund policy and a no deferral policy and stuff like that. So, so just keep in mind um, when when you are doing a race, we're getting into a different topic. But when you when you are signed up for a race and if it gets canceled or postponed or whatever, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about supporting small businesses. Most of these operations are small businesses. There there are one or two or a handful of people. Um, but two, legally, those people, if they're offering you anything in return, they're, <laughs> they're offering you the shirt off their back. It's not because they are legally obligated. So it's that they're trying to, they, most of us are runners ourselves and we, we want to try and provide you with as much value as possible. But, um, there are clauses in almost every contract or every, um, waiver that you sign that's, that basically says, yeah, there are, <laughs> we recognize that there are quote unquote acts of God that might require a cancellation or a moment. Um, I, on a, there's a race that, that, uh, that we put on every year in Revelstoke, British Columbia. And every single year that I've been a part of the event, every single year without fail up until the night before the event, we have had, we have been on the verge of canceling or postponing or trying to figure out what we're going to do the following day, because every single year there has been one year a huge windstorm came in like and and blew over over 200 trees and covered most of the course and 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 so much so that it was unusable it wasn't like oh we're gonna have to jump over a few logs and and we went in and trail builders and volunteers went in with chainsaws and we tried to remove everything we could and still much of the course that we had permitted to use was not accessible and and in that case we still are only, we're still limited to whatever we have permitted. And so we can't, we could do a bunch of loops of the portion that hasn't been affected by the down trees, but, but we're still going to have to change that event at the very last minute. And, and again, people don't realize that, you know, that was probably a thousand hours of work just to remove whatever trees we could remove <laughs> that we weren't planning on doing, you know, the weekend before the race started. Um, and still you can't do that. Or, Every single year, there have been grizzlies that just decide to show up, like not just one, but like three at a time, decide to show up and hang out on the trails that our runners are going to be running past. And it's like, uh, how safe do we feel about this? And um, so we have to decide, you know, are we going to change the day that we run on that trail and hope the grizzlies aren't there? Because, you know, sometimes you don't even notice them. Sometimes they're acting like aggressive grizzly bears and they, you don't want to mess with that. So one thing when it's a black bear and they're vegan and they eat huckleberries and you know but then it's another thing when they're full-on grizzly bears and they don't seem to be all that interested in the in the berries um and uh and you see uh never mind i'm not gonna say it's gonna say you see canisters of bear spray in their scat um that's not something you want to find um let's see what else have we dealt with there's been fires and there's been smoke and there's been <laughs> so um 
most, I, I would not recommend, and this isn't to eliminate the competition, I would not recommend that anyone who cares about their mental or physical health, that they go into the business of race directing. It is an exhausting <laughs> endeavor. It is an absolute labor of love. The amount that you get back in return for the amount that you pour into it is not, um, it's, it's generally not great money. Uh, no matter what you think the race director is getting from whatever your registration fee is, uh, it's, it's not worth that financial um, side of things. Um, but, I, but I guess if I could recommend to runners or, or even anyone in the journalism world or anyone who's going to say or tweet anything, uh, just be aware that uh, most race directors have the runner's safety at, um, and just their well-being at heart. And so if they have to make, if they have to cancel, most, most of us are doing everything we possibly can not to cancel unless that's the worst case scenario uh, or that's the best case scenario is to cancel. And, uh, uh, and if we do have to postpone or if we have to cancel, or if we have to do a virtual option, it's not because that's what we want to do. What that actually means is it's going to be twice as much work than it would have been if we would have just been able to do what we've already planned to do. And so just the understanding of that, um, seeing some options with some races where um, they, they allow a virtual option or they allow you to donate your entry um, to the race. And it's not because all races are nonprofits or not for profit or that they're charities per se, but it, it is going into cover expenses, most of which have already been paid. <laughs> um, and I can speak from personal experience that one of the race, one race that we put on last year, um, we lost tens of thousands of dollars on that one. We didn't make tens of thousands of dollars. I didn't walk away with a new car <laughs> or, um, but in one event, uh, I personally lost tens of thousands of dollars. So, uh, just, just keep that in mind that, uh, it's hard to, to be profitable in the race, uh, uh, directing business. So, wow. yeah. Um, uh, that is quite some insight actually, you know, and, um, I think it kind of leads on, like, as you touched on the, the kind of psychology, obviously, um, you know, for people listening and um, who had this plan and maybe it was Boston, maybe it was some other races. And then obviously quite quickly, they've seen their plan just kind of go up in smoke and, and the poss quite likely chance that the next six months, they might, might not be able to go to a race. And, um, we were sort of just touching on this even before we began the podcast and, um, kind of. I mean, obviously, first thing is like deal with the situation around you and uh, <laughs> and, and get get a sort of a grip and and, a, and sort of steady the situation that exists around you with your family and and your routine and lifestyle and everything. But um, but um, but once you've got to that point of like uh, having having some sense or even tiny bit of stability around you, then um, for starting to think about what you can do in your time like what is the what is the productive thing that you can do so you've got no races on the schedule for the next six months or whatever it is uh you've got a whole bunch of fitness that you've built up um you've got this kind of psychological sub like cliff that you've got off on um to some extent and it's um and it's this whole process of like psychologically reframing uh what you're going to do next like how do you be productive in that next period for some unknown amount of time? And we would even just between the two of us discussing the, the, 
um, the concept of uh, looking after your body and um, and actually sitting down and thinking about things that that you haven't had time to do in the previous months because you had life plus running workouts. Um, and maybe now there isn't so much of the work part of life, uh, more time at home. And there's a chance to sort of regain or recapture some of that lost ground on uh, fundamental things like looking after the body. So strength training, um, uh, self-massage, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's much easier said than done, of course. The first thing is you have to, you, rather than just bouncing into something uh, immediately, you have to first take that emotional drop and deal with it and then, uh, and then work through it and then get yourself to what's on the other side of that, which is like being more emotionally settled and being like, right, okay, this is, this is how it is now for the next four plus months, maybe six plus months. And then at that point, when you kind of like sort of got your head around, wrapped your head around that new reality, it's it's uh, getting down to this idea of like, what's the best thing you can do in that period, in that unknown duration of time that's that's now ahead of all of us. Um, and uh, yeah, and all of it just essentially all of those things as a runner that you haven't that you haven't that you've let slip in the past and. and um, and maybe it's uh, addressing <laughs> addressing the shoes, the shoes that you've been wearing that you never quite felt 100% comfortable in. You were thinking in the back of your head, oh, yeah, I don't really think these are the shoes for me. You know, one next week I'm going to go out and change the shoes and then you don't change the shoes and then you just kind of push through it. And you're like, ah, it's okay. I can just go another week with these shoes. So stuff like that, for example, you know, where something wasn't quite right. And, um, and of course, you can't go into a shoe store now in, in, a, in a lot of countries that we're talking about. <laughs> um, that's not feasible but you can do uh, in a lot of countries you can still do um, stuff online and have potentially things delivered even though the time scale for delivery is a little bit more extended um, I know of uh, some initiative in um, in Calgary of course uh, just as an, as an example where where it's possible to um, if you have an idea of the shoe model and size that you're looking for it can be possible to actually kind of pick up from the store uh, without actually going like actually in and around the store so that's kind of the sort of thinking um that might be uh productive for people uh the other obvious thing um you know is really is coming back to the body and and those little uh niggles those little kind of um you know bits of soreness that that were that were hanging around you know this is kind of that time to um to be like, right, I'm going to deal, deal with that. And, um, uh, you know, even um, even the simple stuff, you know, when I was working in the clinic up until recently, you know, always ask people, you know, before getting into like, this is how you're going to phone roll, always ask people, so so what do you do right now? You know, how much do you do it right now? And the answer pretty much 100% of the time is, yeah, I've got a phone roller. And, um, okay, you've got a phone roller. That's awesome. Uh, how often do you, do you use it? And, of course, maybe two thirds of the time the answer is well i don't really you kind of use it but i haven't used it for ages and it's like right okay so you're going to get that foam roller out and you're going to start using it and um and of course what we're always aiming for like ideally depending on how much the person runs 
But ideally is to start getting them to use it uh, every other day or even better is every day. And uh, so these are sort of the things um, that could then sort of help to give goals um, to, to runners and, and give them some focus on on what is essentially a pretty nebulous and pretty kind of open-ended uh, period that's now ahead of everybody. You know, we just don't know what's coming next. We don't know how long this is going for. So, yeah, so so kind of like sitting down and, and thinking about those things that you can that you can address uh, that you didn't have time to address before is like it's, it's going to be a really good place to start I think um, and you might even do that ahead of uh, signing up to virtual races because you know that can be sort of the kind of tempting thing is to be like oh I was going to race in three weeks and so I'm just going to swap that for a virtual race Um and really, the reality is these virtual races, they can pretty much happen um, whenever. I mean, they're not constrained by by physical limitations. So um, there's going to be more and more of them popping up. Um, you don't have to care about location because you can be remote to wherever it is, of course. And so maybe a good way to go forward is actually, you know, taking some time out to keep running, but address some of these things that weren't addressed before. Um and then potentially be looking for for what you can do in the sense of a um, virtual event. Um, yeah, I don't. I know you had uh, uh, some bits to add into that as well. Yeah, um, I, I wrote an article this last week. Um, in part, it, it was entitled "A Dream Deferred." Um, comes from a line in a Langston Hughes poem, or um, actually even a song. Uh, called Harlem and it starts with the question of what happens to a dream deferred and so you know a lot of times people are wondering what to do with their fitness that they've been building toward a goal race and and I give some options of things that can be done Um, but like you said one of the beauties of this is that in most cases most of us don't feel like we're as prepared as we would have liked to have been for the goal race and and sometimes we're maybe a little over prepared in terms of kind of overworked or overtrained or we we did the running, but we neglected those other pieces that you're talking about, the rolling and the, the strength and the mobility. And, um, so this is a chance, the way I phrase it in the article, is that it's, it's kind of a new lease on our running life. Um, and it's a chance to <laughs> extend that that training block or, or phase of training um, or to rebuild the base. Um, and, um, you know, like I mentioned, I... Other than the one run a day that I do, uh, when I and, and there have even been days when I haven't gotten out, um, just because with everyone else's schedules changing <laughs> and uh, kind of falling apart, and with kids home from school uh, and out of daycare uh, or childcare, I uh, I'm I'm pretty busy with work as it is because people's schedules have all changed. Uh, whereas usually most of my athletes are working towards a, a goal. But um, but one thing that I'm encouraging everyone to do is to is to kind of increase the amount of um, this foundational work, the foundation series that Malcolm and I created. Um, it's it's eight or nine videos um, with just one video in each. Um, we've talked about potentially merging all of those videos and making one big video, um, and, and we'll look to do that potentially. Uh, that might be a resource that you could use. Um, but for the time being, they're 
eight or nine individual uh, activities and routines that shouldn't take more than 10 or 15 minutes. Like Malk said, it could be done as often as once a day, if not more. Um, but even if you did it two or three times a week, that would really give you, a, especially if you haven't been doing it at all, <laughs> that would give you a really good start. Um, and, you know, this, a lot of it you could do while watching TV. And, you know, one, one of the things that I'm hearing about is that, you know, there's a lot of streaming going on. Um, and whether that's kids watching shows or you and a partner watching a show or you because you're isolated watching something, you can do a lot of this while watching TV or, on the phone with someone or or whatever else just before you get out for the run um yeah. most of us are saving time by not having to commute places and things um when i do leave the house i'm running out my door you know i'm not usually driving at least a long distance to get to a trailhead um whereas i know that it's kind of the norm for some people it's just kind of just get out and get some fresh air the beauty is there are fewer cars anyway so there's less traffic to deal with there's less exhaust. So that's another, another thing that's good that's coming out of this. But, but yeah, definitely focusing on the base. Um, we'll include some articles in here. One is called It's All About the Base to just help you identify how to, how to structure your training through a base phase, um, emphasizing aerobic base while also emphasizing um, a strength base um, and, and just having increasing that durability before you start doing anything that increases the risk of injury um, in terms of really high intensity, explosive uh, running motions and things. Um, yeah. And that is and, the and thing, then, that is like, sorry, the, the, uh, the really obvious thing, you know, it's kind of like the elephant in the room as we sort of, um, as we mentioned at the start is, um, is, is, is coming back to this idea, like with, with more of a singular focus in people's minds of, getting out of the house and you know this is my time to get some space i mean one of the things that comes out of this like we mentioned is, is kids you know kids not at school so you've got your kids at home and then parents if you are a parent you know juggling uh responsibilities and looking after the kids uh trying to do stuff in the house and you can't really escape the kids because they kind of you know you go to another room but they know you're in that room and um and then obviously the escapism that's that's going to be getting out the door and going running and um and the elephant in the room with all of this is uh uh is 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 this potential to um uh for people to get injured um not just the people who are coming off the couch and haven't run before and suddenly want to go running but and also the the people who have been running before and um but now they're not running in their normal routine um and now the running takes on a more emotional context because um because it's it's their tiny bit of time out of the house what have you um and uh and, and their stress relief and so um and so that's kind of like yeah the big the big thing is um i'm uh looking at what's going to happen and thinking yeah there's, it's hardly likely there's going to be a lot more injured people uh related to running than than, than there were you know uh, three four months ago um so yeah exactly as you said with um with doing this foundational work like it's not only keeping you on track and giving you something um, to kind of refresh your approach, but it actually has this, this really uh, functional um, side to it that it's actually, it's actually going to uh, help you not just get into this new routine and then get injured very quick. Um, yeah. 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 And, and, you know, each of us are in different places in the world and um, different climates and, 
And like we've mentioned, there are different restrictions and we need to be mindful of what those are. Um, but even like weather uh, limitations yesterday, I had whatever limited window that I had allocated to go run. And, you know, I got uh, busy with kids and with uh, work and that window got shortened and then uh, it began, the weather changed pretty abruptly. And so even just the time that it was going to take to <laughs> get dressed and then change and be cold and all the rest. Of it. So it went from fairly sunny to pretty heavy snowstorm um, in about 30 minutes. And, uh, and so I just decided not to get dressed up to go run outside. I chose to actually stay inside and I didn't run on the treadmill. I, I didn't feel great. Um, and so I just, I, I got on the, the stationary bike and I actually set my laptop on there and continued to respond to emails and, and probably rode the slowest four miles of my life, uh, <laughs> like 30 minutes. And usually that's a pretty casual run for me to go four miles in 30 minutes. And so for me to bike four miles in 30 minutes, that meant my legs were hardly spinning, but, um, it was still nice to open the window and, and just kind of continue doing what I was doing and try and get done with what I needed to get done with so that I could get dinner ready and, and we could have that window of family time that was designated family time, not just kind of like we're all in each other's space time. <laughs> and, um, and so, uh, I think just being flexible and adaptable is helpful. Um, I've had some athletes already say, Hey, I want to keep training during this time. Is there a way that you can create an even more flexible plan for me? Or is there a way that you can remove the plan that I have in there? Um, because I feel guilty if, you know, given the constraints that I have with my kids' schedules and whether I can or can't go outside and stuff like that, um, just remove it entirely so that I don't feel guilty. I will get something done. I just want to log what I'm doing, but I don't want to be constricted by parameters of a plan. In And then... There are others that are saying, no, I want, I want you to tighten the bolts. I want you to hold me more accountable. I want you, yeah, I want you to, or tighten the screws or whatever. I want you to, um, I, I want you to make it even more rigid. I want to take advantage of the fitness that I have. I want to do a time trial. Um, in fact, one of the athletes that you and I have both worked with, um, who's used the run scribe pods and, and done the remote gate analysis. I'm going to give him a shout out. His name's Arnold. Um, he's an engineer. He understands the numbers. We've mentioned him on the show before, actually. Um, but he's, He's a, he's relatively new to running, but he came to it late in life. Um, and so he's a master's runner and, um, he's had multiple neural stress fractures over the last couple of years because he's a strong guy. I mean, he's, he's from the Northeast and has spent most of his life chopping wood and like just building things and, and using his hands. But, but structurally his body still it hasn't been used to the, the kind of training that he's wanted to do, the amount of volume that his goals have, have led him to, to pursue. Um, but with the help of run Strive and just some, some of this, these foundational things, um, he got really fit and he was planning on running the Boston marathon. He qualified for the Boston marathon and, and that got canceled. And then, so on his calendar, he had what we call the Fitzinger predictor run. And so it's a, it's a 22 mile or a 35 K run at just comfortable long run pace or effort. And, and normally the goal is to try and run approximately the same amount of time as you hope to run the marathon in, not pace, but time, overall time to try and cover that 22 miles in, in that time. So it's, again, it's aerobic. You're not, you're not even approaching your threshold. It's still uncomfortable because you're going for usually three plus hours. Um, but he was, he had that on his calendar and he said, you know, should I still do this? Cause I'm not doing Boston or what should I do? Like, 
kind of want to regroup and refocus, but I, I still want to see what I want to test my fitness before I, you know, shut it down and start rebuilding. And so we said, you know, why not just go for it and run the marathon this weekend, run a marathon, see what you can do. He ran almost a 10 minute marathon PR as a solo <laughs> time trial. Yeah. Like just totally solo. Uh, and, uh, and, and he was able to do that um, in large part because yeah, it, it has been kind of a, I think a frustrating process for him and, and for us, not frustrating, but it, it's been challenging because, you know, his, his lungs have been stronger than his legs. <laughs> and, uh, and so his, and his ambitions have been, have been greater than, than what his base fitness was. And so, uh, he kept getting injured if he reached more than 40 miles a week, but, you know, he wanted to and had the time and the desire to do more. And we finally found through, um, through physical therapy, through the gate and out, remote gate analysis, he can retreat. He's been, he's been doing some of this stuff religiously, some of this foundational stuff. And, and he, again, just had this huge break. He ran a 320 marathon, um, uh, as a, as a master's runner and, and, and ran on a, it wasn't on an easy course or, and it wasn't on a treadmill or anything like that. He went out and tried to replicate the Boston course. And he said it actually ended up having more vert than the Boston course was going to happen. <laughs> so cool. to, to run a, uh, almost a 10 minute personal best solo while social distancing or <laughs> is sheltering in place i'd say that's a pretty cool uh yeah. way to end your marathon build and then you know he'll shut it down and we'll building towards a uh, an ultra in, in, toward the end of the summer and then another um and and then do boston in the in the fall and so you know that's that's one example it's not what we recommend everyone do but but if you do find yourself just kind of like man i've worked so hard and i am actually fit i want to see what i can do Time trials are a great way of doing it, whether that's on a treadmill, if that's your only option, uh, or whether it's a, a loop on Strava that you do frequently, or whether you're finding segments that you want to do on Strava, or whether it, I used to, we used to have a 5K loop or a three mile loop that we used to do in high school. And that was like, that was the ultimate confidence booster for me. Because um, I could go and just hammer out 5K on the road. And then knowing that, wow, I just ran like a 30 second PR. And I, I wasn't smart enough to realize, huh, it's because we're not going through mud and we're not in deep grass. You know, that might be why I just ran a 30 second PR for 5K, but I was naive and just like, huh, cool. I just ran 30 seconds faster. I'm going to, I'm going to see myself as a distant, as a different runner the next time I throw the line for a 5K or even a 1500 on the track, yeah. especially if I cross country. And, and I would, I, I'd show up a different runner. And I, so the, sometimes those time trials, you need those occasional benchmarks just to, just to check in and see where you, to, to know that the work that you've been doing has, has been meaningful and has actually had an effect. And so if you find yourself in that position, there, there are some good opportunities. You don't have to run the full marathon. I give some other uh, ideas in the article, um, like the Hanson's Marathon Simulator, which is a 26K, or even doing a couple 5Ks at marathon pace. Or And this isn't just for marathoners. There are other things that you can do depending on what your race is that you're doing. But anyway, lots of, lots of options out there. Um, and then, you know, just try and be creative and um, try not to hammer every day. The same rules apply. Stress and rest equals progress. So don't don't hammer every day, but also try not to make every day a rest day. Otherwise, eventually you just won't want to get off the couch. So. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's great. A really good, um, a really great way to wrap a lot of things up there with, um, with Arnold's uh, example. Um, and so to, uh, to, yeah, to everyone listening who's really kind of has a bit of a, a head spin about 
what's happening here and like what it means and what they're going to get out of the next few months. I think that's a great, such a brilliant example of um, if you see things with the right perspective and and you're willing to get after it. That's um, and uh, and and then, and then yeah, what a great result as well. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, um, and yeah, and so for for the, for the two of us in terms of what we do. Um, you mentioned uh, that you're like, you know, with the online coaching, you're pretty flexible uh, and you're, you're able to adapt things uh, to people's uh, requirements as they change. Um, so for people out there listening, um, it's not just the case that you have to sign up and get a fixed pay plan off, off a site. Um, you know, um, as, as you mentioned, it's, it's possible to get uh, online coaching that is flexible and adaptable and um, can meet your needs for what, what, what you require. And, uh, and then I guess, yeah, from my side, like um, we've had a, had a few people inquiring again about, um, about remote gate analysis and, um, and I expect it to sort of increase as we go forward um, as more, more people will inevitably pick up uh, uh, injuries or um, uh, low-level um, issues with the body, and, um, and and yeah, and and so the opportunity exists as well at this at this time at this period to um, to have some help and um, you know get your gait uh, looked at remotely, um, figure out why you're feeling what you're feeling. You know, is it related to uh, to the mechanics of how you run? Uh, maybe it's related to shoes or maybe it's related to the terrain you run on that kind of thing um so yeah just to say for people listening there is that this kind of support that's out there now milk would you would you say that they should wait until they start experiencing niggles or do you think i mean ideally wouldn't it be best if people if if you're concerned if if you're going to begin a routine and you're and you're you've got a little bit extra time to train now or you you need something to work towards, whether that's a fall um, goal or a, a just a daily or a you know certain number of days a week that you want to get out. Um, yeah. We realize everyone is cash strapped right now. We realize the economy has fallen out from <laughs> it has just you know fallen for days and weeks now um, in terms of the markets. We realize there's a lot of instability, um, but if people are in a position to mm-hmm. to to be proactive about injury prevention um, and yeah. or uh, just getting some cues to, to think about um, in advance before they get too far down um, pursuing a plan. Um, what what yeah. kind of options are available? Yeah, absolutely. So um, uh, the reality of course is always that, um, that people feel some stuff and then they, and then they, they look for help. But um, in the, in the idealistic world, um, the world that we'd love to have, um, uh, as many people as possible would be uh, looking forward at the next phase of their um, training, you know, periodization cycle, or in this case, it's um, yeah, <laughs> enforced change in um, in routine for a, for a period, and then at the start of that, obviously assess, um, take time out to assess what's happening, and um, and see it as an opportunity to potentially. Uh, yeah, get some support, get some help. For me, that means um, remote gate analysis and having uh, professional 
interpretation of how you run um, uh, mechanically. And, um, and it can also um, be tweaked into things like shoe comparisons. That's something that we're doing uh, more of nowadays, um, especially now with um, store, physical stores being closed in a lot of places. Um, so that's possible now through myself remotely that somebody can collect uh, run data in, in two different shoes and uh, we can look at which shoe is actually more beneficial mechanically to how the runner's working. Um, so yeah, so those options exist um, and uh, much in the same way as, as getting a refresh of your training plan uh, um, from, from a coach like, like yourself, like from Jacob. Um, yeah, you can kind of uh, deal with these issues and get a refresh of, of how you run <laughs> mechanically and, um, and in terms of running form. Yeah, um, I, I will. I, I, I feel like I need to say this as far as the, the coaching goes. Um, I am still uh, accepting uh, new athletes. Um, that being said, I, my priority currently is is trying to meet the needs of my current athletes. Um, we do have some other coaches, um, Coach Eric and Coach Manu, who coach in English, but they also speak Spanish and Portuguese, in Manu's case, and Catalan. Um, and, and then we also have some nutrition services that can be provided. Um, I, With the one-on-one coaching that I provide, uh, or even the tailored training plans that, that I provide, the the turnaround time may be a little bit um, greater than it has been in the past. Usually I ask people for at least um, two weeks between the time that they reach out and, 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 and so that we can exchange enough information before the first block of training or the first plan or the plan is created. Uh, and then even in just in terms of the day-to-day interaction, um, I started my emails four days behind yesterday after a weekend. Uh, I tried to take weekend off. Um, just because I do have kids and the family and I'm trying to be healthy in that respect. Um, but through this time, I, I'm i working uh, into the night. Some of my athletes are probably saying that I might be responding at midnight or 2 a.m. <laughs> and yet at the same time, I'm trying to make sure that I'm, uh, I'm also protecting myself um, and my health and my family's health by, by not compromising my immune system. I didn't recommend staying up till 2, responding to work emails, but... Um, uh, so I am still, you know, trying to get out for an hour a day or so. Um, I, I don't, it, most of the r- races that I had on my calendar that I was training for have been canceled or are potentially going to be postponed or canceled. So it's not like I'm out there training specifically for a goal other than, like you said, the mental health piece. Um, usually, uh, with the exception of the weekends, I, I, I kind of pride myself or, or am pretty good at responding within 24 hours, but one people seem to have more time on their hands. And so I'm receiving <laughs> more communication from the athletes that I currently have. And two, there have been so many changes and needs to adjust the plans that um, I, I will be honest and say that I'm, I wouldn't say I'm backlogged. I'm just not as, as uh, efficient as I, as I typically am. Uh, and part of that also just has to do with the fact that I don't have childcare and, uh, <laughs> and I'm trying to, Amy and I are trying to take turns as far as who's, who's, who's got the kids during what times and, and that kind of thing. So um, I hope we can all be patient with one another during these times. And, and I, like I said, I, the services are still there and, and I, I certainly need the work and, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to work remotely. Um, but I, I just wanted to be upfront that it, uh, I don't believe 
I believe what, what you and I both offer isn't a fast food option. Um, and it's not even no, nothing against people like who like Chipotle. It's not even Chipotle. Like I, I, I feel like we're, uh, you know, we're, we're experts in our field and we, uh, we do take time and, and care about the responses that we give. And, you know, I get, I get people commenting on how long I take to respond to certain emails, <laughs> usually a critique of you could be more efficient. And it's like, no, this person just asked me 20 questions. And yes, I know there, there are ways to streamline some of that. But, but if, if I have a paying athlete <laughs> who is paying me to be their coach, like I'm going to do my best to respond to each of those questions as timely as I can. I might have to shelf it for a bit and respond to other more pressing questions, but um, it's, I think it's, it's a blessing and a curse for taking pride in the work that we do and also um, for wanting to make sure that we are what we say that we are, which is we, we feel like we're, we're offering a, a platinum service. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Uh, Awesome. Yeah. And uh, I think, um, how Runscribe. Is there what's going on with Runscribe? Like what uh, are yeah. you mentioned that there might be some some options or some um, promotions going on? So. Yeah. So um, yeah. So we looked at um, and this had nothing to do with uh, uh, with coronavirus either. It's, it's actually it was, it was something that went back even months before, and um, we were looking at ways to um, uh, so essentially um, I cut the, cut it to a a short story um the, the biggest problem always with uh, wearable technology is is how to make it legit incredible so it's not just a few metrics involved but it's comprehensive but then how do you then translate that and allow allow the runner to be able to interpret that and use that and so there's always been this sort of piece in the middle and um and then we've Ultimately, with Runscribe, I spun off Run Physics, and then um, both things have run in parallel. And Run Physics is about providing the service to interpret data, and Runscribe is the technology that you can purchase as a runner and and collect the data. And um, and always, you know, everything's in evolution, and you're looking to make everything better, and you're taking feedback and, and trying to develop things. And um, and we saw that there was an opportunity to. To, to blend these things together a bit better and um, uh, in more of a solid uh, partnership of the two halves. So that's what we're looking to launch now, um, pretty soon actually within the next couple of weeks. Um, and especially now kind of it's got a bit more energy given the coronavirus situation and um, and people sort of doing way more running out of their front door. Um, so we're going to we're gonna really blend the two back together and um, – uh, whereby people can buy a package, so you can, for this for the same four hundred dollar cost that was there before, just to buy the pods. Now, when we make this shift, it will be um, be possible to go to runphysics.com and for four hundred dollars buy the pods for the shoes, but also have a gait analysis built into that as well. And um, and we're coming up with like the workflow at the moment, like to make it as snappy and automated as possible um in how the pods are sent out and accounts are set up but um but yeah so it should then relatively soon it should become a smooth process that uh the runner can go online purchase make that purchase of the pods you know pods turn up in the post um they have all the information immediately accessible sent to them how to get going how to set it up collect data and then um once 
enough runs uh, collected with the pods that I then get alerted to that um, through run physics and I can then start to um, communicate and initiate a, an analysis of the data. And, and so the runner gets that full kind of package, full service of not just, you know, here's some pods, uh, you know, get on with it and play around, but like, you know, instead here's some pods and we're going to give you the professional analysis to go with it. And then you can um, you can collect your own data, but you can see in the first analysis what's happening from a professional expert perspective. And then you can probably learn enough that you can then sort of carry on with the pods in the future. Um, so that's what we're basically uh, developing right now. Um, myself and um, and Tim, um, you know, uh, with these two halves, the run scribe and run physics half. And hopefully, I just it just really actually popped into my mind about five minutes ago as you were talking um, to try and get Tim onto a future podcast of ours. Um, because we're, one of the things we haven't talked about in our podcast, we talked about a lot of things from nutrition to shoes and um, and sort of coaching, training stuff. But of course, we haven't yet really um, uh, had a had a dive into into the technology and how um, and how wearable technology is is developed and actually have it coming from from a, from an expert who's not the two of us and uh so i think uh i might sort of just <laughs> plug that in the schedule that in as a, as a future uh episode that um that we get tim on board and um and we talk to him a, a little bit more of a deep dive into tech so all the people out there who who have a bit of a um an interest in in technology can get something out of that but yeah just to just to wrap it up yeah we're basically looking at at that combined package that that it's not just throwing the tech out but it's like for 400 bucks you can get the tech and you can get expert support as well yeah okay well if you have details or if there's a link that we can uh refer people to i can certainly put that in the show notes and um so that people that want to learn more about um run physics and, and run scribe and, and particularly this this partnership or this this promotion and this deal that you're offering um love to make it available to our listeners yeah yeah and the great thing with the current situation is um you know is it is it gets mailed to you in the post and and it operates completely sort of autonomously remotely for you as an individual so it's it's uh it was never intended to be this way but it's turned out that it it, it potentially is a sort of perfect solution for what we're experiencing right now with people being um stuck at home and just going out running on their own so um yeah you know think hopefully hope, as we roll it out um it will give people the the value that they're they're looking for yeah well yeah i i think it'd be great to have tim on the show and we could get a different perspective and more insight um i actually had someone who attended a retreat uh who uh <laughs> who is in who's trying to track the spread of uh, coronavirus i believe and somehow wanted to get in contact with with some watch developers or some wearable technology people to see if, I, I mean, and this is at a pretty high level government level, <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, wants to figure out how the wearable technology works and how they might be able to use it to help track the spread of, um, of coronavirus. I don't know how that would be related to the running aspects, but maybe some of the, some of the same technologies could be used um, or potentially some of the algorithms might be tweaked. Um, so uh, that might be a fun conversation as well. <laughs> uh, using run uh, wearable run technology to uh, 
to help um, stop the spread of, of a global pandemic. So, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I I just said uh, here's a contact. This might be a person. <laughs> I don't. I'm going to stay out of this conversation because that's way way beyond my pay grade and uh, even my scope of understanding. So, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, I guess that's that's it for now. We uh, we wish all of you well. Uh, we appreciate you listening. Uh, we appreciate you supporting the show. We hope that you are safe and that you're doing everything that that your public health officials and local health officials um, and your your own brains and bodies um, and your governments are, are telling you you should be doing. Um, we'll try and provide as many resources in these show notes as possible to to give you some ideas of things that you can do from home or that you can do on your own. And yeah. uh, just remember that we can get through this. One of the things I was thinking about was like, uh, um, as well, just to throw in there, uh, obviously people are going to have a lot of time and they're going to be running on their own. And then we sort of leap another step forward is like people are going to be listening to stuff because they don't want to run their own with nothing, with nothing. And of course, podcasts are going to be a big part of this. And, um, you know, hopefully if we're lucky, we get some people going out running, listening to, 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 to this podcast. What would be really cool is to, um, is to get some feedback actually at this time. Um, and, um, and, and I know we've done this before in the first one or two episodes, but um, anyone listening, it'd be really cool to get some feedback on what um, you know, what people want to hear, um, what people want to learn about. Um, whilst you're going on your um, coronavirus-free run, um, you know, yeah, what is it? What is it that's um, on people's minds um, that they don't already have a deep understanding of or a handle on? Uh, that they want to learn more about um, because it could be something that the two of us can talk about, but uh, more than likely it can be something that, that prompts us to get a certain guest on. Um, so, yeah, I guess, um, yeah, anyone who's listening, give us feedback. Tell us what you want. <laughs> yeah, uh, and you can do that through a number of different means. You can uh, you can tweet or share the episode uh, or a episode or anything about it um, through um, Twitter or through Instagram or through Facebook. You can also join the, um, there's a Facebook group, the Art and Science of Running Facebook group. You can join that group and and in there you can join the discussion and share uh, topics that you'd like to cover. Um, on that note, this is just my recommendation. I'm not a, a mental health expert uh, by any means. But uh, one thing that I'm trying to do is I'm trying to limit um, the amount of news coverage that I listen to or consume throughout the day, uh, which can be difficult, especially if you're scrolling through different social media platforms and or you've got podcasts or radio or TV on all the time. And so, you know, I, I try and just get the recaps, uh, maybe in the morning, maybe at night. Uh, and I'm trying to encourage other members of my family to do that because it, it you really could spend the whole day worrying about, you know, oh, one other person died around the world. And, and as much as the loss that that is to humanity, um, chances are someone was going to die during that window of time. Anyway, I'm, I'm not trying to be um, insincere or um, 
I, I just I, I feel like if, if all we're doing is focusing on the negative, I, I, I'm all about being informed and I, I'm certainly not like a climate change denier and I don't believe in being an ostrich and sticking my head in the sand. But I do think that for our own mental health <laughs> and in order to get through this, we just have to keep calm, do what we know we, we can do and control what we can control and, and just focus on on the positive and um, and being the change that we want to see in the world, um, getting the most making the most of this opportunity. And this challenge to to grow and to um, be better people, um, but also, you know, it, it, that's not going to help by consuming this negative news all day, every day. Yeah, no, fully agree, hundred percent. It's um, yeah, it really when you've got so much time and you and we live in such a connected world in terms of the internet, in terms of Wi-Fi and all this social media kind of stuff. Yeah, it really pays to to really kind of like take pause during the day and be like how many minutes have i just spent on the phone <laughs> how many minutes have i just been on on a news site or looking through a feed and i think um as i was always taught in 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 psychology you know the first thing is just awareness just um um just just be mindful or be aware of um of what you spent the last few hours doing and whether that's really what you want to do and um i think yeah yeah, totally agree with what you're saying. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we will have more guests um, soon. Uh, if anything, this has probably increased the accessibility of, of many of the people we wanted to have on the show. So uh, another silver lining um, is that we're going to try and uh, keep you up to date um, with positive, insightful, informative uh, shows and uh, with with guests Um that are experts in, in their respective fields. So let us know who you want to hear from and we'll do our best to get a hold of them. Thanks again. Awesome. Fantastic. Thanks again for listening to the Art and Science of Running podcast. If you found this episode interesting, entertaining, inspiring, or informative, please share it with your friends on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook and tag the Art and Science of Running so that we can reshare it. Better yet, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. This will help others with similar interests find this free resource that we've created for listeners around the world. Many thanks in advance.